America. If you're looking for a roadmap to financial health and smart investing, remember, money meets at the intersection of Mulholland and Cooperstock. After your family and your health, your money, your investments should be number three on your life top 10 list. I am Mark Cooperstock, and along with my partner, Stephen Mulholland, a CFA charter holder and CFP, are the principals of Mulholland and Cooperstock Asset Management. Our firm is a registered investment advisor with offices in San Diego and Summerlin, Nevada, with only one goal in mind, to provide meaningful, thoughtful, and tax-efficient advice. We provide investment and generational wealth management guidance while keeping a sharp eye on the economy and the markets. So come along, join us on this journey as we look to help you navigate the superhighway of financial news and global markets amidst the daily traffic of forecasts, speculators, and prognostications. You have arrived. Remember, money meets at the intersection of Mulholland and Cooperstock. Engineer Griff is off traveling the globe this week. I think he's in Prague. Um, so he'll be back on the next podcast. But let's go ahead and welcome my partner, Stephen Mulholland. Stephen, where are we going today? Hey, Mark. Thanks for the wonderful int intro. Griff, hi in Prague. Um, we are going to talk about um, we are going to talk about treasury bonds, one of the most exciting assets in the world. Mark, um, I worked in New York from 2009 to 2016, Midtown Manhattan, Midtown East, 57th and Lex, and there was a bank next to the office that used to always put balloons in the window, and they would advertise the interest rates you could get on your savings. And I remember seeing in the posters they would advertise. 0.2%, 0.3%. And I always thought it was a funny juxtaposition with the balloons, you know, which normally you associate with uh, nice parties, festivities. Um, so uh, I thought about that bank recently because for a decade after the financial crisis, if you put your money in the bank, that's what you got, almost zero, right? Pr pr pretty weak stuff, uh, not a lot of air in the balloon. But Suddenly, you got a balloon. You got a balloon. They probably would give you a balloon if you asked for it. <laughs> very, very, very good point. Um, suddenly in 2023, you get the balloon and you get interest again. So you can now get 5% for six month, one month and one year for six month, one year and two year U.S. Treasury bills and notes. You can get 5% and that comes with no state tax, high Californians and no city tax. How's everyone doing in New York? Um, so you get 5% with tax benefits. And so, Mark, I thought, you know, I wonder what the banks are paying. So I, I Googled around and I checked Wells Fargo. And Mark, um, are you sitting down? Yes, thank you. you okay, good. Because uh, if not, you might pass do I need to Do I need to lay down? Should I lay down instead? You probably lay down. Um, Wells Fargo, in their premium savings, account, okay? If you have 3,500 bucks in this premium savings account, you can avoid a $12 a month monthly service fee, which is really nice of Wells Fargo. Um, but in their premium savings, so top tier, they're advertising 0.25% interest. And Ooh, if you have a million, excited. yeah, oh, it's really, if you have 100,000 to 500,000, they'll pay you a percent. That's so nice of them. Right. You know? so, so, Mark, um, I, I like your, you know, you, you were mentioning the balloons. Um, it, 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 I think any of our clients 
who have money in the bank, if they move it from the bank and they buy treasury, if they just let us know they buy treasuries with us or on their own, I think we should send them a balloon in the mail so they feel like they're not missing out. I don't I don't mean to one up you, Steve, because it's that's almost impossible to do. But you were talking about treasury rates, right? So the one year right right now, just before we went on to record, uh, the one year U.S. Treasury is five point three four two percent. A one year U.S. government agency. Um, which are also, uh, they're backed by the moral persuasion of the US government. They're second in, in security to treasuries, um, never had one default. That's paying on one year 5.666%. Um, those are, and two of those issuers, Federal Home Loan Bank and Federal Farm Credit Bank, are also state income tax free. So that's an effective yield of over 6%. Um, and the three year government agency is over 6% on its own. So when you factor in state income tax free, you're now climbing almost to 7% for three years. And what's US my risk agency. with these bonds, Mark? Sorry? And what's my risk with these bonds, Mark? Your, your risk is technically there is a risk because they are not backed by the US Treasury, but these were government entities created and backed by the moral obligation is how they're worded of the United States government. So these are entities that back loans to farmers, that back loans to businesses, to municipalities around the country, um, backed by the U.S. government. You, you can sleep well at night having these in your portfolio and not worry about them. Fantastic. So 5%, 6% um, effectively when you consider the tax benefits getting close to 7 and And these are for really short-term bonds? The two years. So why anybody would have a, have anything in a, in a in a bank savings account or you know what do they call it their premier we're pulling the wool over your eyes account platinum oh sorry that was platinum that was platinum. platinum sorry platinum that stands for pulling the wool over your eyes um, really should have their head examined and okay and it's good because so we're humans you know uh, most of the behavioral finance behavioral economics basically says we're lazy we fall into patterns and. You know, we, we fall into predictable habits. Rates were zero for 10 years, but that world is no more. We are now back to a world that you had to be in markets pre-2007 to really experience. So, you know, if someone's like 30, 35, you can't totally blame them, right? It's it's a totally new world. It's totally foreign to you, Mark, to myself, to my dad. It's very, this is this is a world that's much more familiar. The last I I refer to them as the good old days. The good old days. Right? <laughs> the good happy old times are here again. Yes, yes. And, um, so so um, we're excited about treasury bonds and agency bonds, and, and everyone likes getting money for free. Uh, but taking a step back, this is our market update through the month of February. So it's going to be a briefer podcast, no guests, just Mark and I kind of giving you an update. Um, this is our first real monthly market update. You can expect these every month. Uh, Mark and I read, listen, watch, um, experience the financial markets every day, but we understand not everyone is wired the same. And uh, that's what we're here for. So these, mo these monthly podcasts will give you uh, the, the, key, um, the key happenings, the key things you should be aware of in the financial markets that could benefit you in your business and your life and your investing. So that's going to be the overall uh, um, context of these monthly podcasts. The big change this year continues to be interest rates rising. So that's just a preamble um, uh, uh, to, to, to lay the groundwork for future podcasts. Mark, 
Other than short-term interest rates, the big story continues to be the inverted yield curve. And this is a pretty unusual thing. Um, and the yield curve, when you contextualize it with the Fed futures curve, um, and Jay Powell, and, and we're going to get into this. And, and um, you have the DJ voice. The only the only person I know whose voice is better than yours is Rick Dees, who I understand um, you may know from your LA days. But we have a quote from Jay Powell. If you don't mind, I would love for you to read uh, in just a moment because I think it I think it helps explain what's going on with the yield curve. But the market just doesn't believe that the Fed is going to hold rates high, uh, keep them high. They keep expecting the Fed futures curve right now looks like a, a frown my six-year-old makes where the market expects rates to start to fall in January of 2024. Um, it affects the Fed to stop raising in, in the summer and start to cut in the start of next year. And that's part of why the yield curve is sloping down. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have any thoughts on the yield curve, and then if you wouldn't mind reading Jay Powell's comments from the other day. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, well, look, I mean, to put numbers behind what you just said, that the ten-year the ten-year U.S. Treasury uh, right now is a three point nine five. So we just talked about three point nine five. So we just that's ten years. So why hold on? Why would you buy a ten-year Treasury and get less than four percent when you can get you can go shorter term and get north of five and six percent with Treasuries and, and U.S. agencies? Does doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but Mark, if Evan, we've been beating this dead horse for a couple of years now, right? And this is why um, we've stayed relatively short term in, in in all the money that we manage. Um, you know, when when you keep the money short term, the way it works mechanically is as it matures in three, six months, twelve months, two years, we can then take advantage of what we could expect to have higher rates at that time. But in the meantime, we're 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 capturing the the meat in the market, if you will and the, the best returns possible with safety. This is not money to be risked. Look, you want to go out and risk money, you can get much higher yields, but you're chasing yield and you're assuming a lot of risk. We're talking about safe money. Um, we're talking about um, not taking risk with your, with your savings, if you will, your cash. And this is really kind of cash substitute, money market substitute, savings account substitute, you know, the Wells Fargo premium, pull the wool over your eyes, CD substitute um, or account. So anyways, but so Jay's quote is this, everybody sit down, relax, grab a cocktail, and here we go. Uh, there is little sign of disinflation thus far in the category of core services, excluding housing, which accounts for more than half of core consumer expenditures. To restore price stability, we will need to see lower inflation in this sector, and there will very likely be some softening in labor market conditions. Um, he goes on and on, but I think basically... <laughs> he, what, what 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 he is saying, and Steve, maybe you can translate this better than I can. But it sounds to me like he's predicting a little more pain in terms of no, interest no, rates. That's exactly right. And um, um, the Fed speaks like uh, so. Uh, my favorite band, uh, Wilco, has a lyric that says, "Why can't they just say what they mean?" I always think of that when the Fed talks. Um, but to your point, the key phrases he used were uh, the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than they previously expected. And um, exactly what you said, the transmission mechanism that they're gonna try to slow the economy is by keeping rates higher, which is ultimately gonna slow down housing, 
things like car purchases, durable goods, and um, a softening labor market means a higher unemployment rate, which is only 3.5% today, which speaking of the good old days, we used to consider 5% um, the lowest level of unemployment the economy can handle. Three and a half is incredible, and it's actually a little unhealthy, right? Um, so um, to your point earlier, um, if Evan came home from school and said, Dad, I learned in school, the longer you borrow money, the less you pay for it you would go talk to the teacher because that's ridiculous, right? Um, this is an anomalous market. It has ominous portentions and it's the market thinks Jay is gonna fold. He's a weak poker player. He's gonna lower rates because the economy can't handle it. But the irony is the economy is running so hot that uh, it just won't slow down. And so um, calculated risk, one of the pieces we read, so you don't have to, Bill McBride and calculated risk um, wrote a great piece when inflation got hot post-COVID, the Fed said, well, that's goods inflation. It's pent-up demand from COVID. It's transitory. So that inflation started to come down a little bit. Then the war in Ukraine happened. Few people outside of Vladimir Putin's inner circle could have predicted that. The Fed said, well, that was the war. Who could predict the war? Now the inflation's coming in services, right? So restaurants, uh, uh, travel. Um, and now the Fed can't explain it away anymore. And so the Fed saying, you know what, we, we, they're throwing in the towel and saying, well, we have to admit inflation is not transitory. We have to slow down this raging bull. Um, so yesterday when Powell made those comments, the market was down something like one and a half percent. And it'll be interesting to watch the market adjust. But basically the last year and a half to two is the Fed saying, we really mean we're going to slow down the economy. But they were kind of holding on to the fact that the economy would immaculately slow down on its own. Um, and now they're admitting that that's not going to happen. So um, it, to your point, we've been talking about this for a while now. Um, the, it's still the same game, the Fed versus inflation, inflation because the economy is too hot. Um, one of the things I think that's most interesting, Mark, is um, it's not an exact measure, but multiple uh, research firms measure the excess savings that individual Americans built up because of COVID. The excess savings from government stimulus and the fact that we couldn't leave our house and we, we couldn't go anywhere, um, the excess savings accumulated was 2.1 trillion in early 2021. It was still 1.9 trillion in early 2022. Now it's down to 900 billion. And the personal savings rate, which peaked at 30% in March of 2021, is now 2%. So that 900 billion will probably be gone by the end of the year. And, you know, it's an important point. Um, interest rates that are 5% got there quickly, right? Most of that's happened um, in the last year, you know, fairly recently. And it takes us humans a while to adjust. We're creatures of comfort. Mark, I went to buy a new car, which uh, Honda CRV, we're very happy with it. There were 10 salespeople. I was the only guy buying a car. Right. My neighbor said, Steve, I'm not buying a car. I, I'm not paying 7% of finance charge. Right. Um, things like cars, houses, it takes time for those higher rates to impact the economy. Um, we're kind of in that period where the Fed has finally turned on the lights, finally taken away the booze, but, and people are finally starting to realize the party's over and it's time to exit. Uh, but yeah. it takes time. Right. It takes time, and there's a, there's there's another uh, 
you know, kind of column in that list of things we're talking about, you know, it, you know, with mortgage rates, housing, you know, housing is down, has slowed significantly, you know, not only for new loans, but think about everybody who kept refinancing, refinancing, refinancing their homes, right? And how many people do you know personally? And I know many, many personally who said, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go interest only, you know, five years, seven year variables. And now all of a sudden, now those loans are starting to reset. And over the next couple of years, you're going to see the majority of them. In the next two years, I think, see the majority of those reset. And now, you know, somebody who was paying 2%, right, interest only, now those things are going to reset three to four times higher than that, those rates. And that's going to cause more pain for the economy, right? Because now, now what's going to happen to housing? Um, it's just what's adding, great? More, adding more fuel to the fire. No, no, it's that's exactly right. And um, the the fact was kind of stunning. Mortgage demand, so demand for mortgage loans to buy new houses, hit a twenty eight year low uh, in March uh, uh, this month. Uh, a twenty eight year low as mortgage rates got back to seven percent, right? And that just happened, right? So if you're listing a home now, you can expect it might take a little longer to sell it. And if you're looking to buy, um, being patient can be beneficial. There's, there's almost to your point when mortgage rates went from under three to seven, home prices are only down 4.4 percent. That means monthly mortgage payments are just increased unfathomably, like a step change, right? So we're in one of those funky times where there's just literally a gap in the market between what sellers want to take right now, 4.4 percent lower, and what buyers can afford, and. And this was the waiting game. People, the market was waiting for rates to come down again. I don't know how many times I've heard, well, I'm going to get a HELOC to fix, to work on my backyard, but I'm going to wait till rates come down. I'm going to buy a car, but I'm going to wait till rates come down. Well, Jay's saying rates aren't coming down. So what's going to happen now? Prices have to adjust or there'll just be no volume. And when there's no volume, that slows the economy. And that comes back to Uncle Jay saying, um, that he's willing to tolerate whatever the a slowdown in labor, deterioration, some pain. That's what he means. Because once when when no one will take a mortgage and no one wants to buy a new construction home, that's less construction work and it all filters through. But um, yeah, the, it feels like that game has finally it's it started. A much more sober. Uh, we're entering a much more sober period. We're in the middle of it, and. Uh... This year is going to be very interesting to see how how you know a year from now how we look back and see what 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 the effects were. Uh, and again, it, it comes back to what we talked about at the top of the podcast. You know, if you have cash, um, you know it is you have an opportunity to maximize the return on that cash. And uh, you know, the market. We'll talk about the market on another uh, the equity markets on another podcast soon. But you know, for the cash portion. For, the, for your safe money, for your emergency funds, for your college savings, for everything that you, you might have been putting aside. Um, you can get five to six percent backed by the US government in one, one way or another. Um, that looks really attractive right now. And uh, everyone should take a look at you know balances they're keeping in money market accounts in their checking account. People don't think about it. They think, oh, I'm in a money market account, I'm getting something. Um, Everyone should should go, you know, as soon as this podcast is over, log on, log into your bank accounts and, and see what you have and see what they're paying you. Um, and then give us a call. We're happy no, to give you some uh, advice. 
That's perfect, Mark. And um, just, so since this is a market update and you mentioned the stock market, it's a great segue. Um, year to date, so the S&P at one point in February was up as much as 9% on a total return basis, including dividends. It's moderated, whereas at the end of yesterday it was up 4.1%. And that's partly factoring in the impact post Powell's comments. Um, the credit spreads, BEA spread to 10-year treasuries 1.8 as compared to 2.5, meaning credit markets have remained relatively sanguine as we haven't had a lot of defaults yet. That's one of the other things that we expect to change in the future, something we're watching. Inflation bonds, I-bonds are, are still paying 6.9%, so down from 10%, but still, uh, still quite healthy. Uh, inflation, the last inflation report was 6.4%. Unemployment, as we mentioned, actually 3.4% in January. Uh, so those are just some of the um, uh, market indicators. Again, the big ones, uh, everything's kind of adjusting as j Powell. I've been watching all the Marvel movies with my son, uh, Mark, and uh, Thor Thor is one of his uh, favorite characters. And uh, Jay has re-picked up the hammer. He's trying to show the market he's worthy. And as, uh, as Jay swings his hammer, the rest of the markets will adjust. And as Mark said, Something you can do for your for your health, for the health of your finances, your family's finances, is uh, max your interest on your cash. Um, so, Mark, I, I'm excited for you because now everyone just wants to talk bonds all the time. No, I've been I've been I've been saying this for 35 years. You know, bonds are where it's at, man. That's 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 where the cool kids play. And you know, your your son is into into Thor and the Hammer. My son, 11 and a half, is really into chess. So, you know, in those terms, Jay's, Jay Powell's trying to put checkmate on inflation. <laughs> that, that he is. And that's, uh, Mark, that's, a, that's an excellent concluding factor. And by the way, how many times out of 10 do you beat your son these days in chess? Oh, maybe two or three. Okay. Good for you. Takes great pride in it, too. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I think that's been a great market wrap-up. Mark, if you want to give our outro and... Uh... Yeah. Got it. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, you know, the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and their guests. No guests today, but just the hosts. But nothing discussed today should be considered investment advice. Please consult with your own financial advisor and tax advisor whenever considering any type of investment. If you have questions and you're one of our clients, please email us with the term podcast in the subject line. For more information about the podcast, the hosts, and our firm, please visit us at www.mk-am.com or email us at info at mk-am.com. Thank you for joining us and look and listen for our next podcast release in the very near future. <laughs>